because I don't want to ask people to come. I've started, by the way. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, and I don't want to ask people to come over at all. I'm happy when anyone agrees to come over, but like around the holidays, people got families. And like, oh, yeah. even yeah. my wife's just like, pump the brakes. You don't need to see these people now. So <laughs> I tried to kind of build a couple up before. Like I'll release like maybe like two more and then probably take a break until like the f- seventh of the year. Because I don't think anyone's going to really want to listen around Christmas or New Year's anyway. Everyone's pretending that they're going to have a resolution and everyone's, you know, returning the gifts that they didn't like. And, you know, mm-hmm. divorces are getting finalized. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that's it, uh, but Sean, you you Saki. Yep. Think. Okay, I'm just gonna say Sean going forward. I just don't like saying people's last names because I always get them wrong. Yeah. So uh, you are the head brewer and owner of Noble Beast. Co-owner. One Co-owner. Of, one of the owners. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's yeah. not. The other one's not here. You could have taken that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my wife. She's gonna listen. So. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. So co-owner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did read that. That's right. Because you and your because she. Uh, I I'd love your breakdown on your website because it's uh you're doing this and then the things that she's breaking down to. So uh, you guys have um something very. I, it, it, Cleveland is such a beer brewery town. It, it's it, to me. I I would think and I think a lot of people would think that it would be hard to stand out. Um, in my opinion, and there's. 15 to 20 different episodes where I'm saying this, I think you guys have the best one in the city. I don't, and I don't even think it's close. Oh uh, man, dude, I appreciate that. I'm truly, truly, truly do. I mean, your, your beer is the best. I think your food is so good that it's like surprising because, you know, like you look at the menu, it's kind of like, it just, sometimes you can just come off as bar food, you know, mm-hmm. corn dogs and, and wings, chicken sandwiches and burgers, man, it is not like that when it comes out, man. And that's, that and then the atmosphere. You also have the coolest place to hang out in. It's it's something that we have uh, um, talked about to a lot of different people. It's one of the things that Mike and I. Uh, Mike is also sitting here. I don't know if you're going to hear him talk. He's very not committal. But uh, anytime that someone comes in town, uh, whether it's from you know another city or out of state, yours is one of the places that we tell them that they have to try. Um, and that's we're not just saying that because you're here. It really, really is good. Um, so I was excited when you agreed to come on. I know that I know I'm sure you're busy, but I just wanted to talk about like the stuff that, you know, you're, I, I don't know what you would say is if you're still a newer business be, or for your, you're in the middle or older. Cause some businesses like in the, in the restaurant brewer, I mean, they can only last two years. So yeah, I mean, it's, so it's like five and a half years, five and a half. Now? And that's, and that's you might as well make that in like you know like ten years because you got through COVID too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it doesn't feel like a new business at all anymore. Yeah. In, in fact, I think we're hitting that point where everything is breaking all at once. <laughs> everything that was brand new that we bought, you know, all the, oh, yeah. the HVAC equipment, the plumbing, the you know, the kitchen range, the fryers, like everything is. We just kind of hit this wall where everything is all of a sudden like getting repaired and going down. Everyone that I've talked to, uh, Alex at Jukebox, Lindsay at Flight, they all say the same thing. It's it's just it's one of those things that you're just there's a a very funny and inaccurate misconception from everyone that I talk to that owns like a restaurant or a bar or a place like that that uh, people think that if you own it that you're rich, <laughs> and uh, exactly, and that's usually the reaction. Like Lindsay said the same thing. Lindsay's like, I don't know what it is for like the last three months, something breaks every four days, like. The fridge goes down. Obviously, I need the fridge, you know, or the heat goes down. I need the heat or something. Yeah, goes and you down. can't you can't get anybody to, to fix it. There, 
something that you need fixed now, they'll be like, oh, it's two weeks out. Oh, we, yeah. And, and yeah, so it's just like, it's, uh, it takes forever. Well, let's go back before everything started breaking. So <laughs> you're five and a half years. So how to get started? Like, like what was the like the concept behind? Or, or were you in the business brewery a lot, and you wanted to do your own thing? Like, how how did it start? Yeah. So I'd been brewing. Um, I mean, I'm really bad at keeping track of like years and stuff. But um, I don't have a sharp audience. Don't worry about right. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so I'd been a professional brewer for you know at least like six years or something at that point, and. Uh, it kind of like you know been been at a, a couple different breweries beforehand, and eventually just got to the point where, you know, I just wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to kind of control my own, you know, creative destiny. Sure. So, kind of uh, went off and jumped off that bridge pretty naively, um, which is probably a necessary thing in order to do it. You know. Do you have to be? A, do you have to have a, a little bit of delusion? Going yeah, into like you know, this. like, yeah, okay, yeah, I I think that's fair. I, I do. I I think because if you overanalyze it and you and you think like, oh, well, what's what's the risk I'm taking on here? You're probably oh, yeah. not going to do it. Oh, if you Googled and crunched the numbers, no one would yeah. do it. <laughs> so I'm like a pretty calculated risk taker. So you know, I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, I, yeah. I can figure this out. You know, we'll, we'll we'll do that. My wife wasn't quite as happy. Uh, you know, when I quit my job and. <laughs> Said like this is what we're doing. Um, she wasn't quite prepared. We had talked about it, obviously, but um, yeah. So spent spent about a year and a half trying to get Noble Beast open. Um, you know, I think uh, probably spent like three or four months just kind of working on the business plan and like trying to get financing. Locked down, um, you know, SBA bank financing fairly quickly. Yeah, and, and much easier than I anticipated. And I thought, you know, hey, um, it's Cleveland, like. It should be pretty easy to find an old brick building to put a brewery in, right? That was kind of my next question. So, so when you're doing this, because like if you want to do kind of like the brewery feel atmosphere, you're gonna have obviously you need obviously room for the bar, you need room for people to sit, kitchen like for what you have, but then you also need you know the the real estate to actually have all the brewing supplies because mm-hmm. you're brewing on site. So, but yeah, I. I you would think that too that that there's so many just buildings that have that. So did you have something in mind? Was it more you had to kind of jump on the thing that price wise and, and space wise fit, or like like what was that? Yeah, like? you know, I so what I was looking for was like I I, I guess I, there's a lot of things I didn't want more yeah. so than like this is exactly what I I need type of thing. Like I guess I just never really wanted to be like on a, a strip. Or you know, like I, I never looked at like West Twenty Fifth Street, right? Oh, okay. Like, like okay. that doesn't okay. really appeal to me. One, one is just like not like kind of the atmosphere that I really wanted. But two, it's like the prices of that just terrify me. It's, yeah, and yeah. and you have to, you really have to like shape your business around paying for that real estate, right? You need to do volume. You need to make a ton of money, like to survive on streets like that. Um, so that that didn't really interest me. So you know, I'm looking for. Um, just something kind of unique, right? Yeah. Um, totally fine with being off the beaten path, and uh, you know, I figured that would be not the hardest thing to find. It just took forever. Yeah. Had a couple couple spaces fall through at the very last minute. Actually, two in Lakewood. The the first two really? spots we looked at were in Lakewood. Well, that's setting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hear that a lot. Actually. I could have walked there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I do. Uh, I see what you're saying. I it would have. I don't know why. Uh, it's and there are some play some some cool places on 25th that I do like going to. But yours is, again, it's it's it is a different feel. I like where you are. It's just it's for some reason it just it it kind of adds to I think why we like it so much. Um, I don't know why it just does. It just it kind of fits. It fits everything. At least that, mm-hmm. that, that I, when I when I think of your place. Your location, the garage doors, kind of like you said, a little bit off the beaten path. It kind of just all meshes together. It makes sense. Yeah, you know, it, basically that was what was holding up progress was was like finding just a place. Yeah. So you know, I, I found that online. Um, go down there with the realtor, and that building was a dump. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing in it. There was not a single piece of glass anywhere. Um, what? No windows. No oh. glass garage door. The skylight was all boarded up. So there was literally like no, no glass. Um, so that was an empty hole in the ceiling, essentially? There, there was the old steel frame from the old skylight, and it was just oh, okay. uh, plywood over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a shame you changed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there had been a fire in that building, so it was all the walls were black, like smoke-stained. It was just a mess. But like, open that door... Looking at it and immediately, it's like, "Yep, this is it." <laughs> Smoke stain, no windows. Yeah, it was. It was this just is the disaster, dream. <laughs> but it was just like it was, a, it was a big brick box. Your wife you know? just sitting next to you with like her arms <laughs> folded, like this is what you've been dreaming about. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't remember her reaction to the the space, but it was, uh, it was a largely negative reaction from anybody else that I talked to or showed it to. Um, but it's I think it's harder for people to if they're not doing the if they're not building, they can't picture. I like if you were to switch that around and they like they bought like a fixer upper house and you're like, dude, this place has, needs a lot of work to it. They're like, yeah, but then they're thinking about, but this is what I can do to make it mine. So is that like kind of the same concept? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was largely location based as yeah. well. Um, there's just nothing else yeah. there. But where I got where in Lakewood? Where, where are you? Kind of toying with. Uh, they were both in the Birdtown neighborhood. Okay. One was um, off of Madison, and uh, the other one was was kind of buried deep back in the, the that neighborhood. Okay. Oh man, like cool industrial buildings. <laughs> That'd have been a problem. That would have been a problem. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been a problem. That'd have been a problem. I think it worked out. It, you know, because like we we spent all this time like trying to. To make it work, right? Yeah. Like it was pretty close, both deals, and like at the last second something happened. Or I, you know, I, I know people that have owned bars in Lakewood. I know people that have done like business renovations. I, I've heard that it's just it's a little bit more difficult in Lakewood than it is in other places. Just uh, like the whatever the board or some of the regulations. I know people that that side quest that just closed down there. That used to be. I think it was cronies like 20 years ago and then two friends of mine out of college bought that and they named it eddie and iggy's and for three years or two years or however long they i heard just horror stories about them trying to you know get an inspector to come out i think it was closed for like nine months and someone would come on like your stairs aren't regulation you got to fix that and then they'd fix that and then they come back out like your bathroom's not up to par you got to fix that they're like four times and they're like yeah. can you just tell us all at one yeah. time because we're just <laughs> losing money every day <laughs> like they couldn't open but that's yeah. just what was happening so but yeah that uh i don't know that would have been a yeah that would have been difficult for me i'm, I'm pretty once I discovered sure you guys and the second was... location like the city shut it down really somehow. it was it was weird i'd been working with uh 
Lakewood's like uh, economic development yeah. division or department or whatever, you know, it was, it was a while ago. And they were pretty gung-ho and been working pretty closely with them. And then kind of out of nowhere, they're just like, yeah, you know what? This it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You can't do this anymore. Like, I was like, wait a minute. We've, we've been we, having all these meetings. We've been like, you know. We need an auto zone. This, yeah. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> we need another auto zone. I never or got any explanation or anything from oh, them. God. So. Well, that would have been a bummer, but also I do think that would have been a problem because we only have even, and thank God, I think, you know, the only brewery here is Immigrant Sun and I can't walk there. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you are a little bit closer, any brewery is a little bit closer, yeah, I'm going to rough uh, that. It's, it's crazy that there really aren't any other ones well you know honestly that immigrant son was like i remember hearing about that like two years ago no i probably even less more than that because it, it's been yeah i mean i remember seeing like you know come in spring of like 2019 and mm-hmm. then it was coming fall of 2019 then it was tbd <laughs> i mean that was i don't know if they they underwent the same thing i'll have to ask tony because tony works there and uh i gotta ask him about that when he comes back but that was majorly delayed for because we were all excited because it's the one thing that Lakewood didn't have. We didn't have a Yeah, brewery. I mean that was right during COVID, right? Where they yeah, then that were tr- happened in the middle then, of like building it out. Yeah, yeah, it just kept getting delayed. Yeah, you I know, going they, back to like the the difficulty in in finding a a building yeah. for a brewery. I think part of it is Lakewood's building stock is um, it's not all that industrial. Yeah, and so a lot of it has like wood floors and basements. You can't put a brewery oh, yeah. you know on a wood floor above a basement without very expensive engineering yeah and putting a brewery in a basement is not a good idea no so, <laughs> um, although people do it sometimes <laughs> hey it worked out though man it, it did your place is it, it's a it's hard to even imagine you in a different place like as much as yeah I would it, like it worked to, out so much better yeah um as much as I'm, I would I'm dream glad about those, you being down the street those things fell through yeah it would be, it's run. hard to, to me yeah. to picture you not where you are right now your space is great you have enough seating. You have enough bar. You have obviously enough for all your your brewing supplies. I mean, it's it's cool. I love the garage doors. And I just yeah, it's easy to park. You got that parking lot right yeah, there I know. too. I know. Yeah. It's really just got it has everything. That's kind of what I loved about the locations because you're downtown, but you have none of the hassles of being no, downtown. No, you it's don't. Right off the highway, yeah. tons of parking, but you can still walk to the stadiums. You can yeah. still walk to events. Yeah, name the place in in downtown Cleveland where like parking's plentiful and easy. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. And also getting in and out is so easy. You yeah. can sneak in and out of your place in a heartbeat. You just shoot straight down that, uh, what is that, lakeside? Yeah. yeah. Jump right down the lakeside. On 71 South, you're good to go. And for us, it was great because we were, you know, he was living in Lakewood at the time, so we would just right down the shoreway, <laughs> right down lakeside, we were there. And out was the same. Yep. I mean, it was a little wobblier on the way back, <laughs> but I mean, it was the same. It was really easy to get to and re- a huge lot right next to you. Yep. It was great. Okay, so you got you, you find the space. So, what are some of the things that like first, like the name Noble Beast? So, where does that come from? Uh, so, Noble Beast is um, you get you know two words there. So, Noble is a pretty common beer classification, right? You've got your Noble hops. These are the the land race hops from from Germany and the Czech Republic. Your super classic, you know, Pilsner type hops, and that kind of represents. Um, you know, the, the, this traditional and the technical side of brewing, which I really love. I really love, like, European brewing, um, German styles and things like that. It's very uh, left-brain-minded, you know? And then you've got the Beast, which is, like, the American craft brewing side, which, for better or worse, has no rules, um, but a lot more freedom and creativity. And that's the other half of brewing that 
that I love, you know, that's the, the creative side. Yeah. Does that, you said you to kind of like do your own thing, like when you were kind of brewing for other people, other companies, other breweries, whatever it might be. So that's, was part of the freedom that you maybe couldn't do maybe the things that you wanted to do? Because that's what I have found. And it's just my opinion. Sometimes that sometimes I go to breweries and, and they're good, but they're very kind of one. I don't want to say one dimensional, but they have a lot of the same thing. You do mix it up a lot. You have a lot of different types. Is that like kind of the thing you wanted to? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But, I, you know, the whole kind of wanting to do my own thing is certainly goes, um, you know, far beyond just like beer. Yeah. Just a culture and really everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a, it's a, again, especially in a town like Cleveland, it's a, it's, it's a very big, I mean, there's got to be 40, 45 at this point. I don't know how many different breweries there are. If you include all the different kind of like little surrounding suburb boroughs, like we're like a, like working class is out in I don't Avon. Know, Avon, yeah. yeah. There's two out in Avon with railroad and with just Avon. Well, we're, working company. class is uh, West Park. West oh, Park, right. that's, that's right. right. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I, a little. If you include all of those, especially the little Cleveland Brewing Company that's open like eight hours a week. Yep. Yeah, that's uh. There's probably close to forty. Uh, you're you're spot on. Within like a twenty mile radius, yeah. it's something like close. I think to it's 40. around because that yeah. whole Cleveland, like brewery passport. Yes. That's like the restriction is twenty miles or something like that. Oh, and I think okay. it's pushing forty. Okay, so. yeah, it's yeah, it's around there. They, yeah. And they added, they added a couple, maybe two more. I think after I don't know, I haven't done the passport in a while. Once they digitize it, I don't know. I wasn't interested anymore because I I loved having the passport. So so we, about the state. I, I've been in meetings with like Destination Cleveland over this, and like so many people love the digital, you know. Mm. And I'm like, no, I want to stamp that fucker. I do too, mm-hmm. man. Like, in fact, like when we the the first time that we did, I've talked to people at Destination Cleveland about this too. Yeah. Um. And uh, but yeah, I was just like the first time that we were because we I think we went through it at least two times, probably three. And then when it was time to digitize it, and I understand why they were originally the, for the you know digitizing it was because of you know kind of coming off COVID and they don't want to be handing out passports. But I went to three breweries and never got it stamped and just forgot. And then I just it's like I don't want to do this anymore. Let's just go and just I know, drink. I've- Way too many apps on my phone, right? I don't, yeah. Like, I don't need an, another one. Um, and, for, and like my wife always had the passports in her purse like we were accomplishing something. It, it was our reason for going to three breweries in a day on a Saturday between two and five. We, did we, that we kept ours in times. the diaper bag. <laughs> oh, so, so it was actually the kids individually had their own brewery passport. It's a family event. It's a family yeah. event. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So you get everything started. So it was five and a half years ago. So 2016? 17. 17. Yeah. Okay. May Memorial Day weekend 2017. Ooh, wow. Okay. So the one thing that I've uh, and this is my opinion, I wanted to hear yours just from like being the 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 customer on the outside kind of looking in. It it always seemed like yours was very much like a word of mouth like people would go there and then tell their friends and then it slowly 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 built. How did you see that or I I'm sure you advertise, but it's not something that I saw like a lot of versus what other breweries were doing. And to me it just seemed like anyone that went there told people about it because again, they like the beer, the atmosphere, and the food. Yeah, I mean that's certainly how I want it to be. Um the only advertising we ever did was, you know, like Google AdWords. Sure. Yeah. Some some of that and like I think uh you know, when COVID hit, we're like, okay, gotta stop spending all the money canceled all of that and never never brought it back but you know we've been really fortunate to have done really well with like you know reviews obviously they're really annoying half the time but 
pretty important for businesses in general and restaurants yeah. and stuff. So, you know, we, we tend to be kind of at the top of all those lists. So if you're going to Google, you know, Cleveland brewery or something, we're, we're just going to pop up kind of organically. So it, it's rightfully like, so. I, no joke. Yesterday I was he- eating breakfast. I was at Gunselman's with uh, a couple friends and this new person that I'd never met before. She was sitting at the other end of the table and we just kind of started talking about stuff. She's like a beer rep for, uh, for new Belgium. And, uh, we just started talking about like Cleveland stuff, and she's like, "Have you been to Noble Beast?" And I was like, "Yes." She's like, "It's the best." <laughs> like that is, it's a. I know I've said it a couple of times, but it's a. It, it truly is a sentiment that people have once they go there. They really, really like everything that you guys are offering. I think that's been a big part of your your success is the the consi- It's consistently good. Like no one goes there and has a bad experience. You're you have a really good staff too. Well, I, I think that's the key to the yes. consistency. Your staff is incredibly friendly. They're very efficient. They're fast. And there's never been a time, and I have 100 to 150 different examples to choose from of just, you know, even when you're busy, you know, you guys stay on top of it. I mean, they're incredibly nice. No one's ever flustered. And I've waited tables and bartending before. That is a business that is just prone for frustration and being flustered. And they're all very, very nice yeah, no, and we very have, we friendly. Have they're a great team. Super excellent staff. That's a big reason why I think other people come back, too, is because of that. So again, you just kind of have it all kind of working for you there. So I, I, I mean, really, congrats on the success, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad that places like yours do well and stay doing well, and, and you know, especially in a business that's kind of, it's iffy. It's, 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 it's really up and down. Anything like in that, that kind of, you know, restaurant hospitality, wherever you want to, you know, pigeon yourself as. I mean, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough gig. You know, the the first year, the first two years can be really difficult, and you've persevered and then went through another rough year like everyone else did so i'm 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 glad to see that it, yeah it really thank is. you it's um i guess it was never really like anticipated i, I guess i never thought about it like what does success look like or i don't know it's just kind of this weird thing it's like just get the doors open i just want to like have my own brewery i guess you know and then like i don't you, you don't really. I, I personally never really thought that far in advance, and like you know, I never expected to be this this busy and, and you know doing that well. So yeah, it's hey, a, it's a good problem to have. A nice surprise to have. Yeah, it's. I, I'm just happy to not have the stress of not doing well. <laughs> it sounds hard yeah. to sleep. No, hey, hey, I can't imagine that, man. Yeah. You know that that that's again, that's a. I mean, on top of just running your own place and and you know, menus and and brewing and all those things, then adding in. The other aspect of you know, oh, it's a slow down season, or what's happening, or we're losing color, whatever that might be. I mean, that's I'm yeah. So glad some, I mean, so glad the, someone the, else does it so I can enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> the stress of like, obviously, like your own livelihood is on the line, your yeah. families, and you know, if you're taking out a loan like that, your house is all tied up in collateral, and the, and then you're also responsible for your whole staff's like livelihood. Sure, yeah. So. You uh, so are you from the area? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have favorites around here outside of yours? Oh yeah, I mean um, breweries. Any? I spend a, a pretty good amount of time at a Trust Real Bookhouse Masthead. I was just at Bookhouse Friday. I really like Bookhouse a lot. Those are those are the three that I'm at um, fairly often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like uh, a Bookhouse has a, a, another one that's I'm, I'm glad that that one's done well. I was just there Friday. They were, I mean, it was there was 40 people and that place isn't that big and there were yeah. 40 50 people in there. Oh good. That place does well and they also same. They mix it up. They have a lot of different beers there. Mm-hmm. Every time I go back there, they got a new kind of blend and I, I do like that a lot. 
And Teresa, I've known a couple people that have worked there. I've always enjoyed that place. And then we just had Masthead too. Mm-hmm. Masthead was the other one. That was the right only other door. bar that was closer to us than you. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, they would about been real 50 close. yards. <laughs> so we spent a decent amount of time there too. But that's another one that's got good beer, good food. Really, that place is huge too. That's a good place to hang out then too. So, um, what else? So I know that you, you know, you said uh, you got the things about like the livelihood. It's a lot of the stressful things. What are the things you really like about it? Um, specifically about uh, like o- like owning a business or Noble Views in particular. We'll start with owning a business. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just kind of make your own schedule, which is good and bad, but it'd be hard to ever go back to. Uh, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> having to to be at work at nine and stay till five or something like that. Yeah. Um. So just that flexibility, you know, I've got three little kids at home. So to be able to have the ability to, you know, take a day off here if I need to or take them to school or, you know, come home early or something like that. Yeah. And what about owning a brewery? Is that just the dream? Because a lot of us, like, like, again, outside looking in, a lot of us are just like, yeah, own a brewery. That sounds awesome. You know, it it is awesome. Yeah. And I, am, <laughs> and I feel very fortunate to be in this position. Um, but so much of what I do is just like facilities management right now it's like fixing the plumbing here repairing this you know you know i just rented a a floor scrubber from home depot and deep uh deep cleaned the floors until like eight at night you know it's like after a long day of like canning so like my back was shot for like the rest of the week (laughs) after doing that like um so it's not nearly as glamorous as it as it seems right like that's pretty much any job but yeah why in that particular again that that's something that I mean, if you were to ask like people like me who don't know anything about it, aside from what you've already told me, I was like, oh, yeah, owning Noble Beast would be the best. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm just sitting around like the guy from Hansa, just sampling the beer all day. <laughs> and just joking around with all the customers. Like, good, right? I'm getting another one. You guys, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I get that. It's just, I guess, probably the same things that everyone has to go through that they with, that are running their own business. But, yeah, yours does look cooler from the outside looking in because, you know, it's not a construction. Company. It's a good gig. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna downplay it too much. It's yeah. a good gig. Yeah. Now the beer. So where, where does the uh, like the creation or the the? Because I know you have like some staples, obviously that you, you're kind of seasonal. Not seasonal. You're uh your kind of foundation beers, the ones mm-hmm. that you're always gonna have. Um, where does all that come from? Like, is that you? Is that you and a team, or is it? Does it? Does it mix up as far as like you know someone else has an idea, or is that all coming from you? It's it's not all coming from me. I, the majority of them do, but you know I've got one other guy that brews with me. Okay. Um, so some of the beers are collaborative, some of the beers are his, um, but the majority of them are, are things that I've kind of come up with. Okay. Because this is yeah, this is going to get a little fangirly because this is, I mean, the first time that I tried Evil Motives, um, it was rough because I, they tasted so good. I didn't look at that they were approaching like seven percent. So, or no, are they? They're seven and a half, right? Seven and a half. Yeah, it's like seven two, I think. Seven two. Yeah. Either way, four or five into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, we had to call for a ride. I'm pretty sure you <laughs> broke my laptop that day. I did break your laptop that day. <laughs> but it was a company one, and we could just say it was an accident, and you over. got a brand new one. I tripped over. But you, <laughs> you tripped over. <laughs> I tripped. It smells like beer, and it's all sticky. Yeah. <laughs> it's all sticky, and you're just like, I, dropped it I don't know why this doesn't work. I just, it's just, it says syntax error. I don't know. But, um, Obviously, the evil motives is one that I mean we all love. That's one that we always tell people that you got to try. The murder ballads, which the only problem with that is that it's not 
all year round. Oh, I know, dude. I love that. Oh, I wish it was year round. Oh, man. I do, too. Every single time that I see that sign that says it's not available, that's when we all start texting each other, like, we got to go down. Somebody gets a picture of the sign. That's what's coming soon. Yeah. It's coming soon. We're going to be down here seven times next week, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that one's Well, I, it's coming soon. Yes. Great. All right. Perfect. Probably need to brew it in, in uh, about three weeks or something. Yeah. Those, yeah, so the, the evil motives also, I think the Capitan was one that was there a lot. I don't, I, I think sometimes it's kind of in and out now. Yeah, so when we first opened up the three core beers, you know, that were always on was like that Capitan uh, alt beer. Yeah. The Catchweight Kolsch. Yes. And then the evil motives. Yes. Um, I I love alt beer. So that was kind of just there because I, I love it so much, right? Mm-hmm. Not because... It sells or anyone else loves it that much. It's got a, you know, it's loyal following. But, um, man, the sales just dropped off on that one so much that it was just like couldn't justify keeping it on year-round. The Capitan? Yeah. It was rough. If I wasn't drinking Evil Motos, I was drinking that well, one. Well, I, mean, I, I drank the most of that. but that, that was the one that I drank the most of. Yeah. I, I loved that one. Yeah, Still I do. don't know, man. It just uh, it kind of just fell off a cliff. So it was like that kind of got pulled out of uh, constant rotation and – you know, the, the Kolsch was super popular, and it was a very unpopular decision when I kind of pulled that one off the menu, but it, it kind of just got to the point where, like, we were making it so much, I got a little bored with it, and I really wanted to start making more lagers. We got yeah. some, um, you know, like, horizontal lagering tanks. We were able to really, like, set them away and let them, like, age for a really long time. So I, I just wanted to take on the challenge of, you know, doing Pilsner, which is a pretty tough style. So was Kolsch, actually. I'm not... But um, yeah. yeah. So we so we moved over to the Union Pills, you know, Czech style uh, lager. Um, and so it's it's that it's the Union Pills and the Evil Motives are on all the time. That uh, that's a yeah. I, that's something that would I think be difficult for me to consider. But I understand wanting to kind of try something else because if you have ones that are selling well, selling well, you want to kind of keep churning that out because obviously you have like a revenue to think about. But then, like you just said, you kind of want to try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about cultures because I've been in the last like six months. I've just been in love with just cultures. I just anytime I see one, I want to try. I found a couple really, really, really good ones, and then loggers are also another one where I do. There's a lot of really, really good ones in the city, but it's also one for for me that I think sometimes it's hard for me to tell the difference between a logger and just like a Bud Light. Sometimes a lot of places that I go. Not yours. I don't mean yours <laughs> to be specific, <laughs> but I mean other places that are like will try this lager. It just tastes like five other, you know, kind of normal Coors Light, whatever that I've ever had before. Um, when you talk about like a challenge of a beer, like what is some of those challenges? Because that's one for me, and for some reason, lagers stand out. It might just be my taste buds or something, but that one's always a challenge. So when I always find a good lager, I always just glab onto it because it's unique or it's different. Yeah, I mean, um, lagers, and I mean. Lager is a huge classification, right? So that's probably not the best example. We'll, we'll say light lager. Yeah, okay. So they're 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 so they're such simple beers, and this is almost cliche at this point. But there's there's nothing to hide behind, right? The smallest of flaws, the smallest kind of things that just aren't quite right, or you know, out of balance. They're just super obvious. Wherein you know, you know, bigger, darker beers, obviously, you can hide a lot of flaws in a stout. You okay. Can, you know, IPAs are so hard hard to make, obviously, but you can. There's a lot of big aggressive flavors there. You can you can hide some things that might be off, you know, in in beers that are like that. But like the lighter the beer is, you know, the, the harder it typically is to brew. 
I'd say Kolsch is, is one of the hardest ones. Um, probably one of the reasons I kind of went away from brewing Kolsch is because I never never even liked mine. Really? Yeah, I never thought it was all that great. And, like, pe- you know, people loved it. Um, but to be honest with you, I almost never have a good Kolsch in the entire U.S. Okay. It, not that many people are making them, so they're hard to find sometimes, too. But, like, um, it's pretty hard to find a, a really world-class one. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I see. Are German ones, I've heard German ones, just German in general is kind of hard to make or replicate. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a fair uh, but broad statement, yeah. But they, they tend to be a lot of lighter beers like that, like, like I'm saying, and then, you know. Okay, so kind of like what you were saying, be, like the lighter ones, there's maybe more room for error? Absolutely, Okay, yeah. okay. And then, you know, like one of the other German styles, like Hefeweizen. That's another one that I think is one of the hardest beer styles to make. It's one of the most sensitive beers. I Everything is so sensitive. T- I can't even think of one right now where I'm like, that's a really good Hefeweizen. Oh, Gogglefogger. Oh, actually, there's a bunch. I mean, so so here's something interesting. Um, prior to this year, I think, the the previous three Great American Beer Festivals and Northeast Ohio Brewery won gold in Hefeweizen, which is kind of crazy. Like, crazy. for the entire country, three years in a row, a Northeast Ohio Brewery took gold. So you had Market Garden... Fatheads and JFB. Uh, JFB, we were actually just talking about before you came. That that was because that was one that we can find at Rosie's a lot. They always have those, and we can't see to find those many places. Yeah. Oh, I guess I can kind of see that. We do love beer here, so we just keep trying until we get it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. No. So what was the? I'll have to get some of these. I really, I don't. I can tell you like cultures that I like. I can tell you red ales, stouts. Like I can tell you my favorites in the city of. Most, but Hefeweizen's one that I just don't know that I've come across one that I'm like, that would be one that I would really go to. Well, go- uh, Gogglefogger from Fatheads is, is always a really good one. Okay. I don't think I've heard uh, that. Market Gardens is Prosperity Wheat. Oh, okay. I think JFP's is just called Hefeweizen. I think it is, too. <laughs> I haven't had any of theirs, though. At least not the, the Hefeweizen. We've had some other. Yeah, I, he probably doesn't can that. No, I only find the, the Red Ale I always find out. And then I don't remember the other one, but I kind of see the same two every single yeah, time. Yeah, I think Rain Delay IPA. Uh, I think that might yeah. be the one that I see all the time. Yeah, those are, uh, yeah, I think I can, for all of those, I can name like two really good stouts that I like in the city. I can name two Red Ales. I can name two two everything, two IPA. Well, I can name a couple IPAs, uh, even some Colchis. Like I came across one at uh, uh, Double Wing um, about a month and a half ago. It was a really, really good one that I liked. Um, but yeah, Hefeweizen, that's one I got to explore more. And I'm not like a beer expert at all, which I'm sure I've ex- you know really exposed. <laughs> but I do like beer, and I like trying a lot of different types of beers. I like trying different breweries. Like The first thing I do when I go to a new city is, and my wife just accepted it at this point, too. Like She's like, this museum or this? And I'm like, or <laughs> look at these five great breweries that we could try. Yeah, that's every, so, every trip we take, too. I do like to explore those. So that, that that's why I ask about, like, what are some of those? So I, I just, I don't know. I got to get more into those. But that was one that's always kind of escaped me where I, you know, if, if I've had a good one, I didn't remember it. What about you? I'm thinking about the Hefeweizens because we look at Fatheads as like a macro brewery for us because it's like, you know, it's a giant facility here yeah. in Cleveland. And it's like, whoa, that place is big. But I guess... We forget that it's, you know, it's a national brewery, yes, but it's not like, you know, it's not gigantic. It's, you know, they're big, but they're not, you know, the biggest thing ever. I no, think... they're they're not as big as, like, they even look. Really? It's that yeah, huge I mean, place. I mean, call them, they're not a national brewery. I mean, I'm not sure how many states they're in now, but it's the vast majority of their beer is sold in Ohio, for sure. 
Oh. I think it's that huge place on 71 yeah. that throws everybody off. That yeah. throw, it throws me off. You walk in there, it's just massive. It's yeah. just this cavernous room. It's like a football wow. field. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge place. I think that's what throws... I've only a, been... I drink a ton of their beers. And I just, I don't think of it because they're just, they're everywhere. So it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go run up and get a Fathead's beer. And uh, they're still consistently going to be some of the best beers you can oh, get on a shelf from an Ohio brewery. What's their, uh, they have that giant IPA that I drink every year and get in trouble with. Um, Hop Juju? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hop Slam. It's a 10%, I think, double Imperial. Hop Slam is a, is a Bell's. Is beer. that a Bell's? Yeah. I'm thinking the wrong. It might be Hop Juju then. Yeah. It's hard for me to place. Which time you're talking about where you did something and then got in trouble with a after having a, a high alcohol beer, but big double IPA. I know it happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> as that's happening, my wife's looking at me like, "Don't." I know it looks funny, Why do you but hang don't. Out with this guy, don't do it. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> you see some of those. Uh, do you ever think about like uh, you, you've seen some of those uh, some of the, the smaller places kind of get like bought up? Is that something that would even? I mean, I'm sure, like, depending on like what the offer is, is that something that you would like or aspire to, or you're not interested, or it depend on the day that it depend on the day that I ask or the day that it happened. Well, it's it's not something that we aspire to yeah. at, at all. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody comes to us like, "Here's the price," and yeah. it's a great price, we're like, oh, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> like that's like any you know, it's, yeah. I'm like I'm not that like um, I'm not sure what the word is, but. Uh, your artistic integrity can be purchased. Yes. It's okay. Yes, can yes. I, I can be purchased. There you go. That sums it up. That, um, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Anyone, that, anyone, whoever coined the term sellout, no one ever offered to buy their stuff. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's just, what? I, the, the, I think the first one I remember was, was it Sam Adams bought Dogfish Head? Is that the one I'm thinking of? I don't know. It's, it seemed like something that was happening a lot. I remember being in Denver, and one of my Uber drivers was talking about, like, they're all getting... Because the uh, the uh, with the explosion of like craft beers, a lot of those bigger places like Anheuser Busch are are getting a huge chunk taken out of them because someone's like, "Why would I drink this when I can drink this?" Mm-hmm. So they started. There was like a time. I don't know if it's still going on, but I remember hearing about a lot of those. The Anheuser Busch is just kind of gobbling up some of those, just saying like, "Look, we'll just we'll do the distribution, keep doing your thing, but you guys are now part of us now. We got to get this piece back." Yeah, that's that's slowed down a lot. I think they kind of made you know a whole bunch of their strategic acquisitions, and then like their their you know their their goal is not to just buy up everybody. Yeah, um, it's it's very strategic. So it seems like that's slowed down. Like the first big one was AB buying Goose Island. Yeah, and that, that was, was kind of like that that's what sent the shockwaves through the industry. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that may have been the one I was thinking of. I thought Sam Adams may have taken somebody, but I can't remember. But there was a bunch. It, it seemed like it was happening every month that another one was. Mm-hmm. Not and necessarily. They were going for like I, insane amounts of money. At oh one yeah, like and again like, back to like Ballast Point in San Diego, which was not a big brewery, um, sold for like a billion dollars. <laughs> it was like. Nuts, and I, I think like you know I could be totally wrong on this, but I want to say like Goose Island, at the time, was bought for like I don't know like fifty million or something like that. Oh yeah, that yeah five five million. Those are four hundred dollars. I would probably sell something of mine. I'd probably sell Rudy for far four hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm not super attached to that dog. <laughs> yeah, I did. I do remember hearing about. It. I felt like I was seeing one every month. About that, like every month, I was hearing about another one, and then yeah, there was a time period, yeah, where they were kind of dropping like that. What about like uh, uh are there types of beers that you just don't like and aren't gonna do? Because I mean, it, it, like you have like the control of it. Like 
I think the one thing that we've seen a lot of in the last couple of years is it's something we've always kind of joked around about, like beer for not beer drinkers. Like when you have like you know these like these bubble gum type, and I don't mean like bubble gum like as a matter. I mean an actual bubble gum beer or like you know yeah. basically beer that's made to not taste like beer. Um, I don't recall you ever doing. No, really close I don't really to get that. into like slushy sour. No, I don't either. I don't need milkshake IPAs. Like, like that, I don't like even know what the like fuck that. a milkshake IPA it is supposed terrible. to be. Like. They're not. I, I. I don't want milk. I don't know. Beer. You don't want to mix hops with like no milkshake. I like flavors. beer and I like terrible. milkshakes, but I don't want those no, are worlds no. that I want to keep mm-hmm. separate. But so we don't we don't play around with those. <laughs> the only thing I'm kind of like a stickler on is like we. I just don't do any kettle sours. Yeah, that's just kind of like an overnight sour, like those slushy beers you know are made like that. You can make you can make nice beers kettle souring, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah that's been the the ongoing joke for the last couple of years with me and him and some other friends. It's it's the, you know, I felt like I'm not even saying it's wrong. You know that you know breweries are are making things like that to get non beer drinkers in. You know, people are like, I don't really like beer. Like, yeah, but they got this. It's like a, it's a a, a strawberry chocolate stout. It's mm-hmm. basically you know not beer. People go in and they love that, and that's fine. If it's, a, it's a, like it's, I think I'm seeing so many of those, and I've tried getting some of them down, and it's, I just can't. <laughs> like it's super sweet. It's just not. I've even been to some of those places like that are like, like sour and like kind of like those like Urban Artifact in Cincinnati. It's a really cool place to visit, but it's all kind of beers like that. But it's such a cool place to hang out. I kind of like wolfed a couple of those down just so I could hang out there more. Yeah. But yeah, I just I can't. It's like drinking a whole bunch of energy drinks. Like I just I get a stomachache. Yeah, the uh, the sour beers don't really agree with me anymore. Me neither. Like Same. I used to be able to like drink them just fine, but now like I don't know, like make my mouth hurt, like my stomach <laughs> hurt. Like I'm serious. Like no, I, I like I agree. I'll, I'll like wake up with like like my tongue will just be like oh like. It's like fuzzy and shit. Like it's like I, literally like I have a, a bad physical response to like <laughs> sour beers now. So because I, th- I feel like a lot of people as they're getting older are switching over to those, and I'm the opposite. I'm completely averse to it. I can't. It, it is. It's like drinking a whole lot of like I'm. A, if you gave me like two or three Monster Energy drinks, that's what that would do to my stomach. Is how I would feel drinking those. I'm just not able to do it. I got heartburn all the next day. I'm just eating Tums. Like yeah, I can't, I can't so do please it. Please get this out of me. I feel terrible. Yeah, I can't do it. Just put a bunch of whole beer and whiskey down my throat. And <laughs> I'll have a whole different problem, but I'll hold my head up high. <laughs> I'm actually going to start cracking this open. So you brought, tell me about this one you brought, the barley wine. Because I've seen it on the menu. I haven't had it yet. Man, you never had that? I don't that, think so. That is, um, we don't rat, we don't run. So that is a fooder aged barley wine. So you know those those three huge wooden tanks we have in the front of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are called fooders. And um, this barley wine is aged in the top one of that pyramid, and it is a blend of one, two, and three year aged beers from that tank. Wow, Mike, could you go to the fridge upstairs? There's a I know there's a an opener up there yeah. somewhere. I get it. Yeah, thanks. So what we do on that, it's um, it's called like the Solera method of blending. Okay. So we brewed a batch. We put it in that big oak, you know, cask. They're basically like huge barrels, right, for uh, the people that can't envision what I'm talking about. Do they have to be the oak cask too for, the, for this particular? Yeah, they're, all, they're basically always oak. Okay. Um, so imagine a 300-gallon whiskey barrel. Okay. Something like that, right? Uh, so we aged the... The first batch for a whole year, and then we we removed eighty percent 
and like packaged that. And then we topped it off with the second batch. So now that second batch is 20%, you know, old beer, 80% new beer. Basically, we're just going to keep doing this. And we tweak the recipe a little bit every single time. Um, pretty subtly. But what you're getting is like you're carrying over that complexity year to year. And um, why aren't we talking? Yes, if you want a drink, go ahead. I was just saying, do you want a glass? Oh, no. I don't know why I'm not acknowledging. It's fine. Okay. This isn't that professional of a podcast. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were asking if you pour, could have pour some it out. whiskey. You got, you, you got to smell it. You got to pour okay. that out. This I thought you were asking if I wanted whiskey. <laughs> this this drinks more like uh, a whiskey than, than a beer, you know, in a lot of ways. We'll, we'll, we'll split that bottle, Mike. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I uh, Okay, caught you at the end there. Um, Thanks, Joe. So he was looking at me with those doughy eyes of his, ask, uh, basically asking if I would split that with him and... Uh, I, I would have, but it. I already poured. I did verbalize it. So like, yeah, uh, I would like some too, but you know. Yeah, no. We'll I mean, look. I mean, it, it, look. The system broke down. All right, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> so this is. So how long is this versus like a beer to 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 kind of brew and just like beginning to end? Well, um, I mean that that that's uh, three years. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm saying it's, it's a blend of, of three different batches. That's the, the wi- oldest one being three years old. That is the wildest thing about what you do is the is the is what you have to i mean when we were talking about like you know the room for error in certain things i mean can you imagine like after three years and then someone's like oh shit i thought you turned that on (laughs) (laughs) back in june i'm pretty sure you said you were gonna do that (laughs) i've definitely had to dump some beer that's been aging for like well over a year that's crazy for sure Oh my god! Yeah. I think that's that's the yeah. I mean, especially if you're trying something new, and like you said, obviously you'll probably start like on a smaller scale if you want to like kind of try something different or try something new. But still, there's time that goes into that, you know, for for beer or, or the barley wine to get ready. I mean, that's <laughs> that's wild to think about, especially something like this is three years. Yeah, that's a nice nice piece of added stress that no one else has to deal with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You want to pop that one open, yeah, and we'll, we'll split one. it. Yeah, since I'm apparently not sharing, and apologies. <laughs> yeah, and I just got those those glasses from that uh, that vintage store down the street. So enjoy that. They're pretty dope. It was a it was a gift for my birthday. Yes, they are. <laughs> those cheetahs and bears? Is that what that is? They're multiple animals. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So these these little bottles, these are 250 milliliters. They're um, you know the idea is to to actually be able to age it like 25 years. Real long time. Really? There's no guarantee. Have you put any that, away to maybe just to keep it away? Oh, from yeah. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a bunch. Um, we're going to be doing some events pretty soon. Thank you. Um, uh, we're actually going to do a, like a barley wine beer dinner, a little vertical tasting where we have all three releases that are out so far. You can kind of taste them all you know, at the same time. Um, so th- that's why the package is so small. Yeah. Okay. So that you can actually, you know, you can purchase a handful of them. Stash them away, you know, save some for a really long time, but still have a couple to, to open along the journey. Then over, so this is three years, so you wait like another, like like what changes over, like if you wait another three years or, or five or 25 or whatever it might be? Um, so it's basically like controlled oxidation, like anything that's going to kind of stale and get older. Obviously, some things get older in a nice way and not just, you know, taste old. Yeah. So... The flavors will continue to mellow a lot of oxidative notes of like, you know, sherry, um, you know, that'll come out like a little bit more woodiness. Well, I'm going to take a 
This might be one of the best smelling beverages I've ever. These do smell good. It smells so good. It's delicious. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love these. It's like toffee, plum. There's so much. There's a lot going on in there in terms of taste. Yeah, cherries. Oh my god, I need to put that down, or I'm gonna drink the whole thing in about three minutes. I'll drink the rest when you guys leave. (laughs) (laughs) And then stumble upstairs and like Chris, it went so well. I do like that. That's it's again. It's different than anything that I think I would normally have, and I think again it's different than I think I would see it in most places that I go to, like different kind of breweries. Uh, again, that's uh, one of the things that we like about what you do. You you do mix it up, I and mean, like you said, you just want to try something new each time. Yeah, just trying to have fun. Hey, if I'm having fun, you're probably having fun. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably having a little bit more fun because I didn't have to wait three years for this to come out. <laughs> So you said you so you're running this with your wife. Yeah, my wife. Um, she, I mean, she runs the actual business. Yeah, she does all the books, all the payroll, you know, all the HR stuff. So we kind of we kind of have things, um, you know, broken down into like quadrants, right? Like, so my other business partner is James uh, Redford, the chef. So he he runs the kitchen, you know, completely. Like I I don't I don't know the first thing about running the kitchen. Yeah, and I and I don't try to. Um, so he kind of manages all of that. You know, I manage all the brewing side, uh, just kind of the overall stuff, you know, some of the, do all the marketing, um, social media stuff. My wife kind of handles all the finances. And then uh, Bill, our general manager, kind of runs the bar and day-to-day operations. And everybody does a really nice job on their little quadrant. We all come together and Ooh. meet and make sure that everything's working. And I'll tell you, you guys definitely do. The, uh... Yeah, like, you know, I could, I could take off for... Two weeks and not worry about a single thing. It would just continue to run. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know we talked a lot about the drinks, but I do want to talk about your food because your food, again, I mentioned it early on when we started, but, man, that is another huge draw. And, I'm, and I'm, yeah, this is absolutely. from other, <clears throat> like, chefs in the city that I've had on or that, that are, are at some of uh, these other restaurants. I mean, they've all said the same. I was just talking to uh, – a couple of people that used to work at Spice last night, and they were talking about your food. Oh, there's a lot of uh, commingling between the uh, so much, yeah. Spice crews, oh, and the yeah. Novies crews, yeah. Oh, there, I've uh, uh, Spice is a weird one that I've indirectly or directly met ten people that have worked there at some that worked there at some point during that time. But that's you know people that are like in the the restaurant business and in the you know the 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 the, the chef and cooking business, you know the, the side of things. I've all been very complimentary or like yeah your food again it's just it's not it's not like it's obviously not brewery food you know it's just it's just it's different and it's better it's really really good no so so like james are you know the chef um he has more of a fine dining background and so you know like coming like to noble beast like where we're you know trying to keep it simple and it's still bar food um but like everything is still sourced from you know local farms uh like if we if we can get it from somebody in you know Ohio or Cleveland, like that's where we're getting it if it's yeah. good quality. And so much of our staff is also has like a fine dining background that's just kind of like burnt out on that. Wants wants a much more like low key atmosphere. And so bringing a lot of that talent and doing all kinds of crazy fermentations in in the kitchen that I'm I'm you know like that's what I do right. I'm like yeah. <laughs> I should know about fermentation. We're like what you can ferment that? Like what the hell are you doing? Like you know it's like they're making all kinds of like cool stuff. Yeah, it's amazing what's and not even just like the like stuff like that, but the combinations that I mean, there's been things on your menu at times where uh, you know I'm reading what's on the sandwich, I'm like that doesn't that doesn't sound like it goes together, but I'm gonna try because I know it's gonna and it's always good. Mm-hmm. I, I just it's it's 
that's the uh, uh, the other thing that I think kind of goes hand in hand with your beer about kind of the diversity in your beer. Same thing, the diversity in your food. Even like taking like club sandwiches and making it just a different type of club sandwich where I still feel like I'm eating a club sandwich, but it's just different and it's better. And it's kind of like fine dining, but not having a fine dining like uh, atmosphere where I feel like I can just relax and it's a lot more laid back, but I'm still getting like the top notch, like really, really good food. Yeah. That's, it's yeah. it's been a huge driver in our success, like like yeah. huge. Oh yeah. Um, you know when we opened up, um, I think we were like sixty percent beer sales to forty percent food sales, which is exactly like what I predicted and planned on. Right? It was supposed to like the whole feel was supposed to be much more of like a a brewery tap room with a small kitchen. That's gotten totally flipped. Unfortunately for those guys, the kitchen is still very small. But it's now like sixty percent food, forty percent beer, okay. and, and food has been just been a huge like area of growth. I think you know a lot of people obviously come in for the beer, but a ton of people come in you know just on the merits of the kitchen alone. It they do, and it's the same thing as that word of mouth thing. Like people just that people that go there tell tell people about the food or tell people about the beer, or tell people about both. So that's not terribly shocking to hear that because again it's just the the i've been to plenty of places in the city where you know i like their food sometimes it's just a miss you know sometimes they just didn't whatever just just something that i wasn't really that into but we've tried a lot of your stuff and it's we've never had that miss you know that you guys and you're again your your chef and your team back there it is it's because anyone that's been there it's not a huge kitchen it's it's kind of a yeah it's a it's i think that's even more impressive about it is that it's not like this huge you know, kid, you would think that what's coming out, if you couldn't actually see back there, you would think it would be this kind of big functioning kitchen with, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 people back there doing all these things. Yeah. But there's maybe three back there. I mean, just all working, and it's great. It's really, really good. And I think, again, goes with the vibe of what you guys have. I think if it just makes sense that – I know I keep bringing that up, but, it's again, it's just it's unique. It's something that I don't think a lot of places have. I can think of another, not breweries, I don't think any of them have that, because I don't think a lot of breweries can do the beer and the food. There's plenty of good breweries that have good beer, but some of them don't have food at all, let alone, you know, kind of, I think, it, that, you know, it's, top beer. It's hard to pull off, and yeah, I, I can't take any credit for the food side of things, so I'm fortunate to have, like, James as a business partner, which has just been this, like, amazing business and personal relationship. Like, business, you know, business partnerships very rarely go as smooth as, as this has been, you know. Um, and like, yeah, he's done an incredible job. No, that's good, man. That's really good. And it shows again, that's probably why everyone, your, all your staff is happy. <laughs> I mean, that shows I've been to places where it's like, Oh, there's some people fighting behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, uh, I don't know this is something I kind of ask a lot of people that they're kind of do what you do and, and, or really anybody that's kind of in, you know, like owning their own place. Like, do you, are you looking like three years down the road, five years down the road, or you're like, ah, I just want to get to Saturday. Absolutely just trying to get to Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't like, think there's the wrong answer to it either. No, and it's like, it's probably to, you know, my own detriment, but sometimes we have this like conversation with like my wife. It's like, where all of a sudden we're talking about like the business like 20 years from now or something. It's like, wait, what? We're still going to be doing this in 20 years? It's like, I just, like, I don't know. My mind just doesn't go that far. And it's, I think it's partly just how I think and partly like, how many things need to be dealt with right now yeah. that just focus my energy on the immediate future. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to, it's, it's, it's hard to like look that far in advance. 
Yeah, and like I said, I don't think I don't think there's a wrong answer to that. I, I mean, some of the people I've asked that question to, they're like, you know, ask me tomorrow, I'll give you a completely different answer, and be like, all of a sudden I have a two year plan, and then ask me on Saturday, and I'll be like, I can't even talk about this. I got to get through this shift. You know, that's a it's a it's a it's a different it's a different world. You know, I mean, like. And it's weird because, like, you know, when me and Mike both, you know, we work in and have worked in the corporate world for so long, they all have those plans. And we've all seen those plans almost never turn out the way <laughs> they said it was going to be. So it's weird that it's almost like a lot of places, some of these corporate places should have the let's just get to Saturday mentality. I understand, like, when there's, like, you know, investors, you kind of have to have those plans. But, man, those plans never happen. <laughs> if, if we can learn anything in 2020, I mean – planning stuff is just goofy i mean people are still feeling the you know the aftershocks of that you know in the corporate world and in the restaurant world yeah absolutely i mean that that's we're still just still getting out of it or getting through it or getting used to it there's still like the the staffing thing people are dealing with there's still the you know the the work from home and now they're trying to get people to go back into the office and then if they do then no one wants to work for them at all i mean it's a it's a weird blend that we can't figure out which maybe we shouldn't that that parking lot that you love next to Noble Beast used to be packed every single day, and it's never even half yeah. full anymore. That was the one thing that I, I did worry about when, because uh, you know, again, we used to work again right down, downtown. I think a lot of those places have, I think they've actually turned a lot of those some of those office spaces into apartments down there, because I think companies just like looked at the bottom line and like, oh, we really don't need to have people. We don't need these these. We had three floors where he and I worked. And they're like, oh. We don't need that. That's a lot of overhead, you know, and some of them are, are reluctant. Like, we're cool not doing that. But then other ones are trying to get people back. I was worried about some of those places because uh, yours, obviously, but you guys seem to have been done well because I, I, we still make it a point to go down there. I was really worried about Al's Diner. Uh, those people were so nice. <laughs> I love them so much. I've never been there. Oh, God, man. Yeah. Just the nicest people, man. That This this. Old Mediterranean couple. Every single time we'd come in there for, because we would go there. This is why we didn't ever had any money. Yeah. Because we would go there for breakfast, and then we would go to your place for lunch, and then obviously go happy hours. <laughs> happy hour. <laughs> but I was always worried about some of those places, and, and like you know, you know the the ones that we went to the most were yours and Al's. I was always worried about that. I, I know it's still there, but they did so much business at lunch because there were so many. Businesses there. It was a forty-minute wait for takeout. Yeah, there were so many Jeez. businesses there that that place from like eleven to one thirty was packed. I mean, like a lot. Yeah, I think they were maybe open yeah, five hours a day. You know, they don't they don't even open for dinner, and they're like on that corner right in downtown. It's a good sized place. I'm sure their rent's not cheap, but they're still doing well. They're still there. I'm happy about that. But I was worried about that because just no one's there anymore. No, yeah. no. I mean, everyone I know is still working from home. I'm actually refusing to go back. I'm, I'm looking for other ways to stay home. It's great. <laughs> well, a lot of places don't like they're they're trying to on the the corporate side. There, some of them are trying to get people to go back because it's in a way hollowing out cities a little bit where people you know there's no one down there anymore, so they can't have businesses down there anymore. They can't have restaurants down there anymore because people aren't doing it as much. But then people are like you know because there's work at home. Like I I work at home. My boss is in San Jose. I've never met him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> My boss before that was in Salt Lake City. Met her once, you know, because there's so many remote options. So they 
want to push that to get people in. But, you know, when you do that, you cut your pool of workers in half because they're like, we don't have to. Let's go over here and we'll work from home. So I don't like that's what we talked about. Just we're still feeling the aftershocks of that. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone should have that. Let's just make it the Saturday mentality because <laughs> it's only a couple of days away. That's a totally attainable goal. If you're trying to set what your revenue is going to be in 2027, I promise you no one's ever hit it. No place I ever worked for, dude. So there you go. Your Saturday plan's a good one. All right. Yeah. I'm a pioneer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so what uh what else, man? What's uh I know you uh from the area, so is uh what have you like seen like uh Cleveland like in the last like like ten years? Like the explosion of like the because it's it's Cleveland is a very under in my opinion, a very underrated food and drink city. Yeah, for I don't sure. think it gets a lot of credit for that. So what have you kind of like being in it, like you were talking about, like some of the, the the different people that have kind of worked in that. What have you kind of observed or seen, or what? Like, how has it changed over the last like ten years or so? Um, you know, so I live in Ohio City. Um, I lived in Tremont before that. You know, both those neighborhoods have changed a ton. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, especially Ohio City has has changed a lot. Um, tons of like you know, so much so much good stuff has popped up along Detroit. Yeah, Gordon Square neighborhood, and even you know farther down, like Hinchtown area and stuff. I love seeing all that. There are just so many great, like little independent food options. Yeah, that one's probably changed the most. That strip from like what is it X Y Z probably down to Hinchtown. I mean, that has really they yeah. There's a lot, a lot of food and drink options down there. Yeah, yeah. I and I just, you know, there, there's a lot that are like um, you know, just like like small businesses, you know yeah owned by just like regular people you know so i I always like to support people that like-minded right you know just kind of regular people that somehow figured out how to open a a business um not like a big developer or some kind of you know conglomeration of you know seven ten different fancy restaurants or something so there's so many of those around um you know i love i love going to all of those um yeah i just uh it was always super important for me to like, and I know I said, um, you know, I was looking at Lakewood in the beginning to open a location, but like, I'm such a Cleveland guy, you know, I grew up in Cleveland. I've always lived in Cleveland. Um, so I was like pretty happy to, to open the business in, in Cleveland. So I'm, I love seeing all the, the growth downtown, new apartments. Hey, I do too. Yeah. The apartments, man, they keep putting up those hot, like over by like uh terrestrial, they keep putting more of those high rises over there too. Yeah. That's a crazy little like city oh, they're building over it there. It is. Yeah. It is. It's like a. It's like a, a development. <laughs> it's like a development, like within the city. It's. It's very weird. It's a. But people, obviously, I mean, I've looked at those costs, and I'll probably be staying here. But uh, <laughs> I mean, but people keep buying those. I mean, they they wouldn't be building them if they didn't think they could fill them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're all coming from, but ah, that's my worry. I don't think it'll happen. I think the cold is what'll keep it, Cleveland, from becoming like an Austin or a Nashville. Like those places, like you know, like go to Nashville. Yeah. Like the last time I was in Nashville, man, my Uber driver was so pissed. He's like, twenty thousand people move every month. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's ruining our city. People in Austin, maybe, yeah, uh, yeah, they got real housing crisis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad. People in Austin, man, we were we went to Austin City Limits a couple years ago. People in Austin were just like, the cost of living here has skyrocketed because everyone is moving here. Like a, a tube, like this house is nothing at all. I'm sure you both have thought about it, but in Austin, it's like probably eight hundred thousand dollars. Like Jeez, it's just yeah. it's, but it's just because those are the, the places that everyone's moving to. So obviously, people are doing that. I I 
hoping that doesn't happen, but I do think that the the Arctic chill is what's gonna prevent that from happening because Nashville and Austin are obviously a lot warmer. Yeah, yeah, I do, uh, I do, I do. I think the Detroit's probably the the Detroit Shoreway in that that strip is that's the one because I moved up here about eight years ago and that that's changed a lot, like especially like where jukebox is. I mean, it was kind of just jukebox, and I'm glad that like also like with the the increases and in, like the, the the additions that they haven't lost the places like that. Mm-hmm. That those places are kind of still intact. I do like that, but yeah, that that's growing a lot. Like they got that North High down there now. They got that Harness Collective. They got him and his Shore Society right there by Saucy Brew. I mean that that place alone right there, and that's just like that one little corner. Those places are growing fast. Ugh. This is really good. It's fantastic. <laughs> like I keep putting it down just so I don't keep drinking. Like I want to save. I know. It, I am I too. Just, I'm like, taking sips because I don't want to like slam it. I also just want to. Yeah, I know. I just want to take it into so my good. face, but I don't think I should. It's really good. It, it just keeps getting better with every sip too. I don't have a lot of these like like barley type wine. These are really really good. But at yeah, fourteen, thanks. I probably shouldn't have too many of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge. Is the fourteen? It's like, huh, how do we get home after this? one? Well, he only brought two. Thank, thank God. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good though. So good. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I like I like it a lot. They do, again, they don't do anything bad at all. Every time we come anywhere within a 50, 50 meter radius of your place, like this is gonna be a good day. You guys could it just smells good by the facility. I think at I've all had times. birthdays there. We should start doing birthdays there. I think I had a birthday there. Like we should start doing more birthdays there. Let's just start making up birthdays. That's where like, I'll take my kid for his first birthday. <laughs> 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 well, you might as well get used to it. It's adult Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, we're not doing that yeah. Chuck E. Cheese stuff. <laughs> we're going to breweries. And <laughs> yeah, we've got changing tables in the men's and the women's restroom. So. See, it really does have everything. Yeah. I think Chris is going to hear this and she'd be like, yep, I guess that's where his first birthday is going to be. Nah, she doesn't listen. <laughs> she doesn't listen. 180 episodes. She hasn't listened to one, I don't think. <laughs> she hasn't listened to one that she's talked on. <laughs> she just jumps in sometimes whenever she tells a horrible, horrible story of when we first moved up here. Did they tell you that? Uh, Rachel from the Shore Society came on. We were joking around about something, and this really did happen. Like, in Carissa, when we, we, we moved up here from Akron, and I was still working in Akron. She was already moved up here, and we got this like little apartment here. And maybe a week after we moved up here, my wife is driving down one seventeenth, like kind of like right right after work, everything like that. So it's like five five thirty, and this guy is crossing the street on one seventeenth, and just stops in the middle of the crosswalk and turns and looks at her and just stares at her. And my wife is like, "The fuck." And then he jumps on the hood of her car what? and just starts like hitting and like licking the windshield. And my wife just guns it down 117th. And she's like, she's like trying to shake him off, shake him <laughs> off. She's screaming, she's screaming. I think she turned into, I want to say Arby's on 117th and was just like starting and stopping and trying to like, you know, get him to like jump off. And then I guess he finally just got off the, the car. And then this woman, this one woman pulls up next to her, like, at Arby's and was like, are you okay? And my wife's like, no. You see that? <laughs> and so she calls me, and I'm, like, on 77. I'm, like, heading up there, and she's in tears. And I can't understand the story because it's a pretty crazy story. And it sounds fake. And she's also kind of screaming and crying, too. And then when I finally get the story, of course, I'm 30 minutes away, and I'm really pissed. So I drive up here and I'm driving all around Lakewood looking for this guy and I'm taking photos of people and like, is it him? She's like, no, come home. And like, is it him? No, come home. <laughs> so that was our, that's how we got started up here. <laughs> Even that episode where she told that story, she didn't listen. So you can say whatever you want. So whatever you really think about her, it's fine. 
So first birthday, Noble Beast. That's what I got. There you that's, go. That's what I picked up. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was the first first birthdays at Noble Beast. I love it for little Thunder Burden. I'm not, not doing well naming this thing. <laughs> you said you have three? Yeah. How old? Uh, almost one and a half. Uh, four and almost seven. Seven, damn. Yeah. So you have another full-time job. Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like I've seen them at the brewery, too. Like I think, like I'm just, sure you have. Yeah. Yeah, they've... Basically, growing up in there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, they all they all came there. Yeah. So there, this has to be around in twenty years. They got to take it over. Yeah. Noble Beast too. <laughs> yeah, we put them to work, sweeping or Carry this labeling bucket. crowlers. <laughs> uh, labeling crowlers. <laughs> they help out on canning days. They fold the case boxes. You can turn that into a fun into. game, man. Kids will yeah. like that shit. Like, they love it. Like, let's see who can can the most. Who can can the most? <laughs> I'm like, I can. No one has to know. That, I don't even think that counts as child labor if it's your kids. It's just family time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't get paid, so. Again, family yeah. time. I did a lot it's of work labor. in my house yeah. growing up. I didn't get paid for <laughs> chores. My dad's like, your payment, it's the roof. Finish. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, uh, I think I asked you about it, but like uh, the, the, the stuff that you have coming up, because are you, uh, let's see, you guys have what, trivia there too? I know you guys do that. Yeah, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. What else? Because I know you had a couple other things too. Because it's the that's the other thing too that uh, you guys have kind of added. Because uh, I do love the trivia stuff. Because trivia with drinking, I don't know why it's just way better. I don't know why I played Trivia Pursuit all those years and didn't have anything to drink. <laughs> it's so much better doing it with drinks. What? Uh, so what else you got coming up? Um, you know we're we're bringing our big New Year's Eve party back. Yeah, uh, it's the first time since uh, COVID that got canceled a couple times. Uh, so that's just a big, you know. Ticketed event, open bar, like ton of good food. Um, one of our bartenders is going to be DJing it this year, and he uh, does a whole bunch of like vinyl. So That'd be dope. yeah, I've never I've never heard him, but I'm super excited because it sounds super good. Um, he's been doing this a long time. Uh, yeah, so we're pretty pumped to bring that back. Yeah, COVID did jack a couple of those things up. You're, uh, I think we found that out like too late. Is that that's a so the the the, the New Year's party you do? It's like a uh, it's like an upfront ticket or something like that. Isn't that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, you have to have a ticket. Okay, I think I remember this because we found it too late. I think the year that you did, the, one we of the years we were going to go. That was the, the I think it was 2019. Was it 2019? I think. Yeah, we definitely did it because we started doing the math. I think it was like we pretty like, reasonably priced. It was like 80 bucks or 100 bucks a ticket, and I was like, I can get that back easily. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna have way too much fun on that 100 bucks. Yeah, I started calculating how many evil motives I'd have to do to kind of make my money back. And that's called alcohol poisoning if you if you got your money back. That's called financial planning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that you guys do that, too. There's a couple places that do I think it's a really, really good idea. Because you have a lot of uh, the other thing you have, aside from us, like regulars. You have a, a, a lot. I mean, I've been in there and seen the same people that I've seen there before. Yeah. You do have a lot of that. And that's really, really, that's really good. Yeah, and I, it, what I love about that, too, is that, like, we are kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? So it's not like, you know, to get some of these like late night regulars, it's just like like yeah. we're this corner bar that's not even in a neighborhood, but it has that feel. I've always, I've always loved that. It does. We have it, so many good regulars. That's a really good, that's a great, yes. It has a neighborhood bar, but it doesn't really have the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. Yeah, that's, anyone else I've talked to that uh, that has like the same people that they'll see like, you know, once a week or like twice, enough where you remember them and recognize them. And again, it's you can tell by the way that the 
staff interacts with them too. I mean, that's I that's got to be really really nice because you can that that just means that people like coming back. Yeah, you do have a good staff. You do have a good group there. That's not surprising, but still cool to see. But yeah, I I've been in there before and seen. There's this one big bearded dude there, <laughs> like a real big heavy beard. I see him there. I think like every other time I go there, he's always there. He always looks like he's having the greatest time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of the same girls, same couples. I've seen a lot of the same people. I see people I know there because they all go there a lot too. I love the one time I went in there. And it wasn't even me. It was my dad went in there. And um, he has the same last name as me, obviously, and he puts his card down. I get a phone call 10 minutes later uh, from my dad. He goes, hey, the staff wants to know if you're going to be in here. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm at Noble Beast. They saw your last name, so you're coming up. I'm like... I guess I'm coming up now, so I jumped my car, come down, but it was just hysterical because I get there, and Bill's like, I figured you were going to be here. Your dad's here. I was like, oh, God, this is a problem, but it's yeah. a good problem to have. That's the other thing. It, that's the other thing. It brings family together. That's the other thing that, that not a lot of places can boast. It actually brings family together. Him and his dad haven't spoken in 20 years. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. That's not true. They get drunk every weekend together. <laughs> but... Had they not spoken together in 20 years, this wouldn't have been surprising. This was awesome, man. I'm really glad you came. And uh, sorry if we fangirled too much, but, I mean, the benefit of doing this is that I actually do get to talk to people that I really, really like and admire in the city. You must have met so many, like, fascinating people throughout this. Oh, oh, God. What Uh, would you say, 190 uh, you'll be, I think, 179. Um, and I started, okay. I mean, so probably, I wasn't super guest heavy when I started, but now it's all I have, but it's, I don't know, one, I bet you I've had 130 on here. Yeah. And I mean, some of the people have like said to me before, like, you know, are you worried with just guests you're going to run out? I'm like, no, there's so many cool people in the city and I can always repeat too, which I have, but there's a, a really good music scene in Cleveland. There's a really good comedy scene in Cleveland. There's a really good food scene. There's a really good bar scene. There's a really good artist scene. I mean, there is no shortage. And everyone that comes on gives me three names when they leave. Like, you know who you'd really like? This person. And yeah. some people that are on my radar and some people I'm like, I never would even have thought of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a... Yeah, anyone that starts a podcast and is like, oh, God, it's it's not hard. It's super fun. You just get to meet people in the city and just have drinks with them and talk shit. Anyone that views us as anything other than a luxury is just completely baffling to me. Yeah. And then sometimes something cool happens, too. You know, you get invited to shows, and you get tickets to this show, and then they're like, you know, I'll somehow win a, you know, a, a contest from a content creator. I didn't really win it. They just gave it to me. <laughs> but that stuff's nice, you know? And you're no different, especially, like, with the... Uh, um, a lot of the uh, the the people that are in like you know the restaurant bar business, you know they're they're just I have on asked the ones I have on that I just really really like going to, and you're no different. I really do. I was so pumped about this today. Like my wife was just like, "You got to calm down, man." <laughs> I was. It's exciting. It's exciting to to you know talk to well, the people. I'm honored who do to these be uh, invited. So thank yeah. you. No, I do. I appreciate it, man. This was a lot of fun. And I'm really glad that you came, too, especially on a, a late, kind of like late on a Monday night, school night, and you have three kids. So They're all sleeping. Okay. Hopefully. Well, cool. Let's just keep going, then. Yeah. <laughs> get some more beers. Let's go. Get some more beers. i got to finish the barley wine first. Let's see how I feel after that. I think it's gonna probably going to be pretty good. I might have to call tomorrow. Well, can I, can I give you, like, three names? Please. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to do it now. You can do it off if you want. Yeah? Yeah. But there's, I mean, that's... 
most of this now is referral. Like I, I yeah. released somebody last night, like a, an episode last night, and she messaged me. She's like, "You should talk to these two people." So, I mean, I'm always open to that. I'll give you the three names that pop into my head then. Please, yes. So, uh, Justin Michael Will, he's the artist that does all of our can art. Okay. So he's actually been a huge part of. Uh, he's like totally part of our like Noble Beast family now, right? So like, I didn't really have um, that kind of brand identity until he started doing our artwork. And that was like three weeks into COVID where we had all our tanks filled. It was like, shit, we got to like, got to start canning. Didn't do any packaging before that. Um, so I've loved working with him. He's a super awesome guy. Um, you know, like I love all of our can artwork. I think he's done such a good job with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Those cans are dope. Um, something else that like I'm a little involved in is um, like Skidmark Garage and Moto Go. So the guy that runs those, um, or he, he and his wife, uh, Brian Schaffron, Molly Schaffron. So, so Skidmark is a community, community motorcycle name. garage okay. uh, where you can, like, all the tools are there. There's all these bays. Everyone can just, like, bring in their old motors, vintage motorcycles and fix them up. And then MotoGo is, like, a, uh, I don't know if you call it, like, a sister organization, but it's a nonprofit that brings um, shop class back into, uh, like, underserved schools and teaches kids how to, like, problem solve and actually fix things with their hands and they rebuild vintage honda cb350s that's super i think that's very cool and super important that is yeah no, that is like kids not, don't know how to do shit anymore right kids they just look at their tablets and they just anything every push buttons on a tablet like i the two things that i and, and so places are starting to do this now and i'm glad that they're doing this but they need to start making mandatory some type of understanding finance and budgeting class. Like if you're going to teach math, there's no reason you don't teach, especially for kids who no, are going to college. Yeah. Where does all that college debt come from? Because they go there like, holy shit, credit cards. Everyone's so dumb and they don't understand. You have <laughs> to pay true, that back. That's true. It's true. But then also like industries like, life like skills that, are not taught. There's a no. yes, no, none. Fuck. There, and then but then things like that, like you know, like 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 being able to do that. People. Some of those industries get lost in the shuffle, and people are like, oh, no, you got to go to college or earn a good living. That is not true at all. Like electricians, plumbers, mechanics, you can make a very good living doing that. It's never, no one's ever going to not need someone to fix their car. No, no one's ever going to not need someone to do their electrical work. We all need plumbing. I mean, and like I know people that started their own. You know, plumbing service, and they're doing very, very well. Those are skills that are are very much transferable into the quote unquote real world. Those things and like things about finance are super important. That should be mandatory in high school. And those fields are like it's just nonstop critical thinking and problem solving. Yes. So if you can learn to do that at a young age, you can apply that to any field. There's a uh, I cannot remember the name of the podcast, but I just found it. But it is it is essentially this. Uh, um, this younger guy, twenty five or less, but he's 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 pretty good. He's obviously very good on the math side and very good in terms of finance and budgeting and understanding the way that kind of money works and budgets work. And he sits down with younger people, probably in the same range, all under thirty for sure, probably most under twenty five. And he basically explains why they're so bad with money. And it's funny to an extent, but it's also very scary. When you see some of the things that people are spending their money on, um, you know, like someone that's like, well, I make $30,000 a year. And like, all right, your car, how much is your car? Like $900. Like that's wow. How is your car payment $900 a month? You make $30,000 a year. And like, oh, I really like that car. <laughs> you fucking better. Yeah, you're going <laughs> you know, to live in it soon. You're going to live in it soon. <laughs> 
but it's like like things like that i don't think people understand i saw someone today and it's it's, it's a it's a just kind of like a topical thing where somebody was talking about what elon musk pays in taxes because his net worth is this and the first comment was you don't understand taxes because you don't get paid your tax you're not taxed on your net worth you're taxed on your income which I think a lot of people understand that, but not when you're younger. But you got to start understanding that when you're 18, before you start paying, them. really start yeah. paying and buying shit and getting an apartment or taking out loans. Like that, th- that is so so important, yeah. and that's a big. I love that somebody would do that. I think that's a great idea. And then, then people start. I think there'll be a lot of people out there like, oh, I can do this. I want to do this. This is important to do, and I can maybe this can be my career, or at least I can try it out before I start dumping 500 grand on college or something yeah. like that yeah that's a really good idea but yeah th- that's i have so start many working on motorcycles that sounds fun oh I'm yeah in. yeah i'm a mechanic by trade so like i actually oh, was yeah? a mechanic for a handful of years and i always I forget that i always forget you're yeah. actually a mechanic i'm actually a mechanic and so i know you know large engines v8s carbureted diesel all that stuff but i like small engines i like working on you know snow blowers and you know smaller things yeah, yeah. i think motorcycles would be a ton of fun oh they're, they I mean, are man I want to be I love animal. I wish I knew how to do some of that stuff. I wish I knew how to do a lot more stuff around the house that I never learned how to do. Like I'm doing it now because now there's just like YouTube tutorials about Oh, I know. It's doing great. so it's amazing. <laughs> like, you know, I had to switch the uh the hot <laughs> we had like this new like sink and vanity like installed upstairs and the guy put the hot and the cold in the wrong. <laughs> so like my wife's like, You have to fix that. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> but then like I found a three minute YouTube tutorial about how to actually do it. I felt like starting a construction company when I was done. <laughs> I was like, nailed it. I like to put like a new door, a new like handle on the fridge door. I was like, there's, there's no better feeling than accomplishing a goal like that where you like have to turn a screw or, you know, turn a wrench or anything like simple. that. Simple. And like, I have very oh, yes. simple, I have, it doesn't take a whole lot to shoot this. You can replace this the head on a V8 or you can put a new light bulb in. It doesn't matter. It feels the same. I text my wife, even though she's in the house, and just like to let her know what I've accomplished. Like that table, it's ready. <laughs> you know just so you know you can put things on that table now you put the not heavy things message too so there's like a dramatic pause to that table dot 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 it's ready completed <laughs> best part four screws left over i don't think i needed them <laughs> yeah i like that that you're that that he's doing that that's oh, man that that is so needed right now uh, i mean stuff like that people need to understand those things that scares me that really really scares me like i have nieces and nephews that are in college or heading to college, and I'm like looking at some of them like <laughs> that kid is 300 grand in debt waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Was that three? You get. That was two. That was two. Uh, the third was going to be uh, Alan Guyerson, another artist. He does a uh, old soul sign co. Okay. So he hand paints signs, and it's super fun and cool. I love it. So the huge like mural sign on the side of Noble Beast. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so he hand painted that, and that's um, that's based after the. Uh, Do you ever see the the big like gold bond beer beer sign right by the Brown Stadium that's covered up by like shitty Bud Light billboards? I don't think so. I so, think so. As you're driving, I, I know from, the billboards you're talking from about. the west side over the shoreway, right where it kind of like goes up and turns left, right as you can all of a sudden see the Brown Stadium. It's a huge brick building right there. There's a massive, like you know, seven eight story like vertical billboard that almost always is like an insurance company or Bud Light. They, they pulled the whole thing down one day for like maintenance or to put up a new type of thing, not just the picture, but the whole frame and everything. 
And behind it is this amazing, like, hand-painted, like, old-school beer mural billboard for gold, like, gold bond beer. It's like, it says, like, uh, gold bond, like, the special, like, you'll prefer gold bond, like, the special beer. So basically just copied that. We put that on the side of Noble Bees. Because it was, it was incredible. And then, they, yeah. uh, it, like, within, like, three days, they covered it up with a Bud Light oh. billboard. Um, of course. So he hand-painted that. He hand-painted, um, like, the sign right on our front door, which has all this, like, gold inlays and stuff. It's a really cool, uh, just, like, lost art that he has, like, mastered again. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what about your, your merch? We have about 700 hours in merch from your place between <laughs> me and him and our wives. Yeah. Like, who does, uh, who does those things? Uh, well, like which which merch? The shirts, the hats. I mean, I mean, I think my wife has two sweaters and a tank top. I have three t-shirts and a hat. He's currently wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. I know Marissa has stuff. Oh, hey, my cousin made that logo. He did. Yeah. I love that. I have the Me blue too. one. That's like that's like a that's like the gas station logo. Yeah, like a me- mechanic from a gas station. Yep. Right? I love this. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have the same one. Yeah, he lives out in like blue. Portland. Those yeah. are great. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I guess most of the, mer- the merch uses our like uh, initial logo, and we just kind of. Keep slapping it on shit, but yeah, no, it's good. The uh, I have the uh, I have the Noble Beast one that kind of looks like the CBGB. Oh, I uh, love that. I was, I I was looking at your poster up there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I love that MBC. one. That was the yeah. first one I bought. I have the Browns. Looks like the Browns, the orange like V neck jersey. I have uh, that's an older one. Yeah, that's it. I have a couple. Yeah, and then yeah, I have the hat. I think I have a, uh, a wool one too. A lot. We spent a lot of money at your place. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for your everything. <laughs> everything green is at my house. Anything you've released that's green, this color, green? or yeah. close to this color, is at my house. Yeah. My fiance wears pretty much primarily green. So everything green. You have the new green like t shirt with the white print? Yep. Have yep. that one. Okay. I have them all. <laughs> it's frightening how much money we spent at your place. <laughs> Just to clothe and feed and drink ourselves. Do you have it's... the new uh, green beanie with the palm on top? No. Oh. But I, I'm coming tomorrow. Yeah. Winter hat. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. No, but I'll get it this week. <laughs> I don't have dinner plans yet for tomorrow, so. I do. I have to go to Detroit. Ew. Said no one ever. <laughs> but I do have to go to Detroit, so I'll do it this weekend. I don't want to talk about it. Thumbs down. Yeah, it's Detroit. Thumbs down. <laughs> I think there's some nicer stuff there, uh, I'm hoping, is what I'm telling myself. Uh, but I don't. I doubt it. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, the... Uh, um, send me those names. I, I, yeah, send me those names. Like, email. Yeah, I, well, have, I love all those. Those are great ideas. And that's unique and different, too. I like to kind of, you know, mix it up with new people, too, man. I do like that a lot. And I do like that. I got to see if I can find that mural. I know it's covered up, but can you still see? Is there a way to see it, or is it just completely covered with those Bud Light signs? It's completely covered. Um, I got a picture somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love Anyone that can do like murals like that, I'm fascinated by. Just the sheer, just the size of those. Like, yeah, if I had cool. to draw something on a piece of paper, it would be a struggle. But if I had to like, you know, draw that same thing on the side of a... a like a a building, like I wouldn't even know where to start. It's gonna turn out bad, <laughs> on the paper or on the building. <laughs> oh. Well, so uh, any, what's the address, Noble Beast? I know it by sight. I just know it's Lakeside, fourteen seventy Lakeside Avenue, fourteen seventy Lakeside. Also, check it out on Instagram. You can see, you know, the menus. Obviously, they're they're, they're always you know posting about you know anything else that's coming up there. Um, I can't really stress that enough. I know I've said it 20 times here and 20 times on other podcasts and other episodes, but this is the best brewery in the city. The best food, the best beer, best atmosphere, best staff, best everything. So if you are in the neighborhood and haven't been there yet, that's silly. You should go there this weekend or sometime in the near future. And anyone that's visiting Cleveland should definitely, definitely, definitely check this place out. You will not be disappointed. So... 
Uh, I really appreciate you coming, man, and taking the time. Yeah, well, yeah. thanks for the invite. Of course, anytime. You can come back. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, maybe comping some tickets for uh, the New Year's Eve party. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I haven't really given it much thought. So uh, we'll see. Mike, obviously you did great today. I used words. Yeah, yeah you did. You. I used you words. You sounded out sentences. Yeah. God, you're growing up so fast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. And thanks for the drinks. You know, you've only been, I think you're maybe only the seventh person that's actually brought drinks. And I don't understand that. I really think that's the first thing I would bring if someone invited me to be on a podcast. Because I yeah. wouldn't know what yeah. else to do. Careful what you wish for. You're about to have a wall of beer. Promise you, no one's no. It's only <laughs> happened like six, seven times. I'm not even joking. It's very strange. No disrespect to any past guests, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, <laughs> but that's it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>